Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Welcome, everybody. Tonight, your neighborhood good golf dealer joins the Gulf Oil Companies in bringing you the Motion Picture Star's own program for the benefit of the Motion Picture Relief Fund, the Gulf Screen Guild Show, with Dick Powell, Jerome Power, Rosalind Russell, Gene Herschel, George Murphy, Lionel Sander, and Marie Wilson, Oscar Bradley and his orchestra, and your master of ceremonies for tonight, Reginald Gardner. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the last Screen Guild program for this season. Next week at this time, the Gulf Oil Companies bring you their new summer show, The Gulf Musical Playhouse, starring Jane Froman, Jan Pierce, and the music of Erno Rappé. Tonight, our Screen Guild show is a review. And to start things off, I'd like to introduce to you the man who introduced me on the first of the Gulf Screen Guild shows last January. That very popular young fellow who was your regular master of ceremonies on these Gulf shows until picture assignments demanded his full time, Mr. George Murphy. Thank you, thank you, Reggie. And I'd like to say that it's great to be back. You know, George, it's quite a coincidence that we were both on the very first Screen Guild show, and here we are again on the final one. That ought to prove something. Well, it does. What? A criminal always returns to the scene of his crime. (laughs) You ought to know. (laughs) Yes, we both ought to know. Do you remember that imitation you gave of a train arguing with the rails, that thing that went like this, that... uh, No, 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 you're, you're mixed up. When the train argues with the rails it's running on, it sounds like this. Giddle it off. 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 Yes, and then when the other rails went across its tracks, it sounds like this. Giddle it off. Giddle it off. Giddle it off. Well, that's right. But it couldn't have been a very good imitation because in the middle of it, half the audience was sound asleep. On the contrary, it proves how good it was. That train happened to be a Pullman. But, uh... But uh, let's stick to tonight, George. That's a good idea, and we can get right into it now by introducing an old friend of ours. Here he is now, Dick Powell. Thank you, George. Thank you, and hello, Reggie. Uh, Reggie, George and I have cooked up a little song for tonight. It's uh, sort of an American song and double talk. But to make you feel at home, we'll do it as a couple of English music hall comics. From many old England. That's right. Maybe you can help us make it authentic. We'd like to do it as if it were coming over the English wireless. Suppose you be the announcer and introduce us, and then we'll come on and do a couple of screamingly funny jokes. Hmm? How about it? Okay. Um, Are you there, ladies and gentlemen? If you are, you're going to listen to a good act. If you're not, turn the wireless off. It's a frightful waste of electricity. We'll next hear from an act called Poel and Murphy. They've got a couple of devastating jokes and a nippy little ditty to sing for you. And here they are, Poel and Murphy. Hello, 
George. Hello, Dick. How are you feeling? Oh, I can't kick. Oh, rheumatism, eh? <laughs> I, I say, I say, old man, wait for the laugh. Oh, all right, all right. But remember, this is only an off-hour program. Oh, yes. Clever repartee, what? <laughs> and speaking of rheumatism, where do you come from? From Worcestershire. Worcestershire? How long have you lived there? Since two years before it became a song. (laughs) (laughs) I say, fellows, why don't you sing? Very good idea, very good idea, Reggie. Ladies and gentlemen, a new song from America entitled My Sweet Stratovenus in the Gloman. Which doesn't mean a blessed thing, really, because it's in something called a double talk. Professor, the music, please. Yes. There's a new kind of language in the nation. It's a language beyond translation. Don't ask the meaning, nobody knows. Here's the way this double talk goes. When I meet my cans of France on a soda, if you ate it, a rip snort riding to how goes it corner phrase. The The moon shines bright on my old Kentucky home and my sweet strata Venus in the glow, man. I whisper friends of cans to a girl of ordinary, then she steps so lightly to a really never stare. The moon shines bright, even brighter than before. I'm a sweet strata Venus in the glow, man. Man, the heart, a better wishing tonight. A wishing to a hear a just an echo. Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo! Or meet McCann's France on a soda if you ate it. And a rip snort riding to how goes a coin of phrase. The moon shines bright on my old Kentucky home. And my sweet Stradivarius in the gloaming. I was going by the start, hops and ops and accidental, and an old friend, how's your auntie by the two o'clock? The moon shines bright on my old Kentucky home, and the sweet Stradivarius in the gloaming. I was freezing on the green, and the eight ball for a penny, the switch, not horoscope, you've got to add it up. The moon shines bright on my old Kentucky home, and the sweet Stradivarius in the gloaming. Many brave fish are asleep in the deep. Waiting for college vacation. Go. Oh, if you want to learn the song, we'll be happy to explain it. It's a cinch, crinch, gotta see your mama on the snag. The moral is, if you can, you got to friend. And the sweet Stradivarius in the gloaming. Thank you, boys. That was grand. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Oh, by the way, Oscar, I noticed you're conducting the orchestra with your left hand. You're not a lefty. Oh, I injured my right hand yesterday, helping my wife pack her 37 trunks for our vacation. 37 trunks? My word. Oh, wait just a minute. Some of those trunks must be Oscar's, aren't they, Oscar? No, John Conti. They were all hers. Personally, I just travel in a suitcase. (laughs) Well, isn't that awfully convenient, Oscar? Oh, no. No, no. Not since my wife punched some air holes in it. All right. Well, then your vacation is settled. It's practically in the bag. But uh, most families are just beginning to talk about their vacation trips, and one subject that's pretty sure to come up is why not drive to the New York World's Fair? It's a good idea, too, because all the new roads make it easy to drive to New York from any part of the country. And here's a practical suggestion. To learn about the best routes to the fair or any other place... Just stop at your neighborhood good golf dealers and take advantage of golf's free tour guide service. The experts at the Tour Guide Bureau will prepare special maps for you, showing you just how to go. 
you'll get the very latest information about road conditions, not only in your own state, but wherever you intend to travel. If you want, the Gulf Tour Guide Bureau will plan interesting side trips, too, so that you and your family can stop off and see various sections of the country. It's fun to plan trips when you use Gulf's tour guide service, and it doesn't cost a single penny either. Gulf pays the postage on the maps right to your home. So if your family is considering a trip to the World's Fair or anywhere else, be sure to see your good Gulf dealer. Lots of people are going to the fair, of course, but there are lots of roads to carry them, and the free Gulf tour guide service will tell you which to take. Tomorrow, ask your good Gulf dealer about tour guide service to the World's Fair. Thank you, John Conte. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you all remember the picture Boy Meets Girl. I take great pleasure in presenting the girl, Marie Wilson. Thank you. I'm happy to be here tonight because I've been looking forward to being here for so long. Where am I? Have you ever heard the Screen Guild program? Oh, yes, many times. Uh, but I won't be able to hear it today. Uh, my radio's broken. Well, uh, <laughs> I see, but don't let this be too much of a shock to you, Marie, but uh, you're on the Screen Guild show right now. Oh, no wonder I'm so happy to be here. Uh, you know, Mr. Gardner, my dream man's on this show. Oh, really? Who is it? Her own power? No, guess again. Lionel Stander? Guess again. George Murphy? Guess again. Dick Powell? Guess again. But that's all there are on the program. Is your dream man any one of them? That's right. Any one of them. <laughs> but, uh, Marie, there must be one special one. Well, yes, there is. That uh, that handsome glamour boy. Uh... Oh, I know who you mean. <laughs> you guessed it. Lionel Stander. <laughs> Lionel Stander? Fine glamour boy. Yes, isn't he cute? <laughs> you know... Doesn't his face sort of remind you of a song? Yes, those funny old hills. <laughs> well, you can joke if you want to, but a lot of artists tried to capture its beauty. And it wasn't until last year when one artist caught his face. Mm-hmm. You must have caught it in a concrete mixer. <laughs> you don't have to take my word for it, because here he is. Lionel Stander. Listen, pal. Listen, I heard what you said about me. Why, the last time I saw a face like yours, I had to pay a dime. <laughs> and look at that side view. Why, I could rip a piece of paper and get a better profile. Well, you may not like my face, but let me tell you this, my charming friend. I have something that draws women to me. Ain't it heavy for you to carry around a grappling hook? <laughs> I hate to stand here and dim you in the glare of my masculine pulchitude. <laughs> so handsome, I used to work in an escort section. You know, escorting the pampered pets of society to and fro. Or fro and to, they had a choice. <laughs> For a slight hourly consideration, of course. I've heard of those professional escorts, sort of Romeos with built-in taximeters. <laughs> we used to get calls to take out all kinds of beauties. Dark-haired, golden-haired, and flaxen-haired. But I always took out the same kind. What was that? Wirehead. 
Well, I think I can promise you better luck tonight, Lionel. There's a golden-haired beauty here that's anxious to meet you. Uh-uh, not for me, pal. I'm a woman-hater. Not really. Yes, sir. Why, do you know, 15 years ago, I made up my mind to ignore the next woman who made a play for me. And I will, too. Well, that's too bad, Lionel, because here's a little girl who's crazy about you, and she's beautiful, too. Forget it, pal. Beauty and female form don't interest me. Oh, then you'll like me, Mr. Standard. I'm the brainy type. Everybody says I'm a mental case. This grand babe, I ain't in a cuddly mood. Besides, if there's anything in your head that resembles brains, it's purely coincidental. Just a minute, you big palooka. You can't talk to her in that tone of voice. Why not? It frightens me. <laughs> Hey, Reggie, who is this elf? <laughs> oh, uh, that's that's Oscar Bradley, our orchestra leader. In his spare time, he makes money diving for cherries and cocktail glasses. <laughs> Look here, Oscar, if you ever want to go on a sideshow, I can get you a job as a half-man, half-nothing. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bradley, I want to thank you for coming to my aid. Oh, that's all right, Toots. <laughs> but I have to pay my number now, and I'm going to dedicate it to you. Oh, thank you. Well, Lionel, why can't you be like Oscar? I don't know. Maybe it's because they fed me when I was young. <laughs> oh, yes. Mr. Stander, I ought to haul off and give you a dirty look. Oscar, maybe you better haul off and hit the music instead. <laughs> Oscar Bradley plays a medley of two hits from the new Cotton Club Review. What goes up must come down, and don't worry about me.
Thank you, Oscar Bradley. That was fine. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you one of Hollywood's most popular actresses who recently went to England and scored such a tremendous hit in The Citadel, Rosalind Russell. Thank you, Reginald. It's nice being on the show tonight. Thank you, Rosalind, and I, uh, I hope you had an enjoyable stay while over in England. Did you like London? It's really a beautiful city when the fog lifts. Well, I wouldn't know. I was only there eight months. <laughs> then you know the London fog. Oh, slightly. I left my hotel window open one night, and when I got home, the room was so foggy, I had to go to bed by my sense of touch. <laughs> it must have been awfully foggy. Oh, it was terrible. But I finally managed to lie down and pull the covers over me. And when I woke up in the morning, I found I was sleeping under the rug. Oh, come now, Rosalind. I think you're exaggerating a bit. No, no fog is that thick. All I know is I was standing on a street corner one morning, swinging my arms to keep warm. And before I knew it, I swam halfway up the block. <laughs> I even saw three sparrows drown in midair. As they say in California, very unusual. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Reggie, is there an Indian reservation around here? No, Rosalind, I don't think so. Uh, then what is that totem pole doing there? <laughs> Where? Oh, oh, that's Lionel Stander. Lionel? Oh, Lionel! This is Rosalind Russell. So what? <laughs> he certainly has foul manners and a face to match. You'll have to forgive him, Rosalind. It seems that Lionel is a woman hater. That's right. I don't have nothing to do with women. Well, from your point of view, it's understandable. From a woman's point of view, it's advisable. Yoo-hoo! Oh, Lionel! Who is that? My public. <laughs> oh, Miss Russell, I think he's wonderful. But my mind is so collapsible. You think I'm really in love with him? You must be, dear. I saw you look at him for two minutes without flinching. <laughs> but you've got the wrong attack. When you're in love with a man, you shouldn't let him know it. You should keep him guessing for a long time. Why, you're wonderful, Miss Russell. Uh, tell me, how can I keep Lionel uh, guessing? Ask him how much is two and two. <laughs> What do you want, babe? How much is two and two? Eight. <laughs> you see, Miss Russell, he knew it all the time. <laughs> Gee, I wish you'd convince him to be my steady fellow. Now, don't worry about it, dear. I'll fix it for you. Now, look here, saddle face. <laughs> You're really in love with Marie. Forget it. I'm all for women. Marie may be beautiful. But if she were the last woman in the world, I wouldn't take her in out of the cold. My friend, if she was the last woman in the world, she wouldn't be out in the cold. You're outsmarting me, Kate. I'd better get somebody else to take my side in this argument. Let me see. Who's around here? Say, Guy, you look like a smart fella. Would you protect me in an argument? Well, sure, why not? That's swell. What's your name, kiddo? Her own power. <laughs> I should have known it was you. Say, Ty, I saw your picture Jesse James the other night, and I thought it was great. Oh, thanks, Lionel. You know, we had a lot of trouble making that last scene where the bandit snuck up behind me and was supposed to shoot me in the shoulder. That's the part that made me mad. I didn't like it when you got shot in the end. No, neither did I. <laughs> but it was my own fault for standing up on a chair. 
Take my advice, pal. The next time you play that kind of a role, make them give you a bulletproof vest with pants of the same construction. <laughs> but I still think it was a swell picture and plenty exciting. Gee, I like gun shooting. Yeah, yeah, so do I. You know, I went to see it the other night, and the fight scene scared me stiff. The bandits had Jesse James surrounded. Guns were blazing, men were dropping like flies, and, and there I sat in the audience. My heart was pounding, and shells were whizzing past my ear. Wait a minute, pal. You were sitting in the audience, and shells were whizzing past your ear? Yeah, the guy in back of me was eating peanuts. <laughs> Cheap audience, peanuts. I draw the English walnut crowd. <laughs> You know, I'm a very romantic character. Why didn't they let me play Jesse James? Why, I used to shoot cigarette butts out of guys' mouths at 50 feet. Did you ever do that? No, I buy my cigarettes. <laughs> oh, hello, Ty. Well, hello, Rosalind. What are you doing here? Oh, Lionel and I were playing cats with Marie Wilson. That's right, Mr. Power. I'm looking for a steady fellow, but Lionel won't have anything to do with me. You shouldn't have any trouble finding a fellow Marie. I think you're wonderful. Oh, thanks, Mr. Power. Gee, if you only had Lionel's looks. <laughs> Get me out of this mess, will you? Do my talking for me and tell her I ain't fit for man or beast. Tell her I'm a bum. Tell her I'm a tramp. You get the idea? Yeah, you want me to brag about you. <laughs> will you do it or not? And admit the flea-bitten numerous embellishments. Okay, I'll do it. Now, look, Marie, Lionel isn't your type. Now, just a minute, Ty. I'm representing Marie, so do your talking to me. Okay, Rosalind. Now, look, Marie doesn't want Lionel. Just look at him, that big, ugly, horrible hulk of a man. Confidentially, I'm repulsive. Mm. (laughs) He's absolutely nauseating, aren't you, Lionel? Definitely. I don't care. I love him anyway. You mean you could actually love this ignoramus, this nincompoop, this this, uh, catastrophe? Uh, uh, thank you. This horrible catastrophe? A wad living, huh? Of course I love him. Well, you really are a lame brain. A lame brain, eh? Now, that's an insult. You can't get away with it. Marie, slap Lionel's face. Okie dokie. Ow! How am I doing, Lionel? Okay, but I'm glad this argument ain't with Joe Lewis. Hmm. Well, maybe I shouldn't have called that nitwit a lame brain. Marie? Oh. Well, she is a little on the daffy side. Mary. She kicked me. Marie, why did you kick him? Oh, I just wanted to break the monotony. Well, there's no use killing my client. I take back the insults and apologize. Well, that's different. Marie, kiss Lionel. Now, wait a minute. Control yourself. Now, don't. Now, wait a minute. Come on, fuck her up. Uh, how was that, Lionel? Stick to the insults. <laughs> Nothing doing. I just became convinced that Marie is the only girl in the world for now, you. Wait, you now, wait, you can't Now, wait, don't interrupt. I'm responsible for everything you do. Oh, Rosalind, when I look into your eyes, I can feel Lionel's pulse beating faster for Marie. Ah, Tyrone, when you talk like that, I get an insane desire to take Lionel into Marie's arms and kiss him with all her heart. The time has come for the culmination of our great love. Rosalind... Will Marie marry Lionel? What a pal. If I was sure they'd bury him, I'd kill myself. <laughs> Gee, this is the first time I've ever been proposed to. I wonder if I'll accept. Well, Rosalind? It's a very serious problem for Marie, and I must take time to think it over. She accepts. 
Mr. Russell, I have a surprise for you. I'm engaged. Accept my congratulations, too. How do you like that? I've been trapped by a 20th century fox. <laughs> well, let's go, Rosalind. We better hurry before the travel bureau closes. Hey, wait a minute. What do you and Miss Russell want with a travel bureau? What do you think? We've got to go someplace on your honeymoon. Oh. <laughs> In just a moment, Dick Powell will return to sing again for us. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, it is a great honor for me to present the president of the Motion Picture Relief Fund, Mr. Gene Herschel. Thank you very much. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the Motion Picture Relief Fund and the Screen Actors Guild, I'd like to thank the Gulf Oil Companies and the Good Gulf Dealers of America for sponsoring this series of programs. And I want to thank the artists who so unselfishly have given up their time for the fine performances they've contributed. As you know, the proceeds of this program go not to the famous stars who have appeared on it, but to a special fund to be used in building a home for those members of the motion picture industry were no longer able to provide for themselves. Now, at the end of our first season, the fund for this purpose is well begun, and the ultimate success of the project is already in sight. For that reason, we are all specially grateful for the way in which you listeners have received our efforts. So to you, as well as to the Gulf Oil Companies, we'd like to extend our sincere gratitude because it's your interest and your loyalty that has made such an outstanding success of the Gulf Screen Guild programs. Once more, may I say thank you. Eugene Herschel. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Dick Powell, assisted by the Gulf Quartet and Oscar Bradley's orchestra, brings us a special arrangement of Begin the Begin. When they begin the begin, it brings back the sound of music so tender. It brings back a night of tropical splendor. It brings back a memory evergreen. Oh, play the begin. I'm with you once more under the stars. Singing and dancing. And down by the shore an orchestra's playing. And even the palms seem to be swaying. When they begin to begin. To live it again is past all endeavor, except when that tune clutches my heart. And there we are, staring to love forever, and promising never, never to part. What moments divine, what rapture serene. Clouds came along to disperse the joys we had tasted. 
And now when I hear people curse the chance that was wasted, I know but too well what they mean. So don't let it begin, the begin. Let the love that was once a fire remain an empire. Let it sleep like the dead desire I only remember. They begin the beginning. Oh yes, let them begin the begin. Let them spread till the stars of the day before return above you. Till you've whispered to me once more, darling, I love you, and we suddenly know what heaven will be. Thank you, Dick Powell, Rosalind Russell, Marie Wilson, Tyrone Power, George Murphy, and Lionel Stander for a swell show. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. Don't forget, next week, same time, same station, the good golf dealer in your neighborhood joins the Gulf Oil Companies in bringing you a new program, the Gulf Musical Playhouse... Starring Jane Froman, Jan Pierce, and the music of Erno Rappé. Tonight's Gulf Screen Guild show is written by Sam Perrin and Jess Oppenheimer and directed by Ray McCary. We are grateful to Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer for Rosalind Russell and George Murphy, to Warner Brothers for Marie Wilson, and to 20th Century Fox for Tyrone Power. Dick Powell appeared through the courtesy of the Life Boy program, and this is John Conti speaking for the Gulf Oil Company. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.